Well, as you may have noticed, we're using as many of the different skills of the women in this, that this church is blessed with to lead us in worship today. So I want to thank all of you, but you'll see even more, we, we'll have a, we're gonna have the scripture reading as sort of a reader's theater so that uh, I get to be the bad guy. <laughs> but, uh, but first, let us pray for illumination. Oh Lord, there are some Bible stories that we know so well, we think we already understand them through and through. So as your word is read and proclaimed, open our ears and our hearts to your word for us today. Write a fresh message on our hearts and make your word the light for our path. In Christ's name, amen. Well, first I'll give you an introduction of sorts. You remember Joseph and his coat of many, many, many colors. They made a movie in the play, right? Well, okay, but do you remember what happened to Joseph after his brothers got so angry and, with him and jealous of their father, him being his, the father's favorite son? Well, for his brothers, that coat of many colors, it was just a tacky reminder that Daddy Jacob thought of Joseph as extra special. He wasn't just the youngest son at that point. He was the special son. Sibling rivalry got so bad in that family that most of the brothers wanted to kill him. For real. But one brother had something sort of akin to mercy and said, oh, let's just, let's don't kill him. Let's just sell him as a slave. <laughs> and so they, let's put some blood on that fancy dancy coat and let's convince our parents he's dead. So they make a little money, they get rid of Mr. Special Brother. They break the hearts of doting daddy, Jacob and mama Rachel. And Joseph ends up in Egypt where he interprets some dreams and eventually becomes sort of the combination of Secretary of Agriculture and for that matter, Secretary of State for Egypt. But then drought hits his homeland back where mom and dad and all those mean brothers are. It hits them hard and the brothers, they come to Egypt looking to buy wheat to keep the family from starving to death. Well, eventually the rest of the family ends up moving to Egypt with Joseph and things go pretty well for a long time until, until we get to, to today's story from the first two chapters of Exodus. So listen now for the word of God. Now a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. He said to his people, Look, the Israelite people are more numerous and more powerful than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, for they will increase and in the event of war, join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to oppress them with forced labor. They built supply cities, Python and Ramesses for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread so that the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. The Egyptians became ruthless in imposing tasks on the Israelites and made their lives bitter 
with hard service in mortar and in brick and in every kind of field labor. They were ruthless in all the tasks that they imposed on them. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shipra and the other Pua, when you act as midwives to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it's a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, she shall live. But the midwives feared God. They did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but they let the boys live. So the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this and allowed the boys to live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous, and they give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and became very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, Every boy that is born to the Hebrews, you shall throw him into the Nile. But you shall let every girl live. Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a fine baby, she hid him for three months. When she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and plastered it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds on the bank of the river. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river while her attendants walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid to bring it. When she opened it, she saw the child. He was crying and she took pity on him. This must be one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get you a nurse from the Hebrew woman to nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Yes. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse it for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed it. When the child grew up, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and she took him as her son. She named him Moses, because I drew him out of the water. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, thanks be to God. God. And thanks to all the actresses. Oh Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. On this day, when we celebrate the gifts of women and give thanks for good mothers, it is appropriate for us to consider this story of five heroes, all of whom are women. Five hero women who saved a nation. Now, there are also some scoundrels in this story, and in this case, they're all men. The first scoundrel we read about 
was that new Egyptian king who doesn't even get to be named in this story. So I'm going to name him. I just call him Fearful Pharaoh because fear was his major motivation. He said, look, Israelite people get more normal, numerous than us and they're going to get more powerful than us. Let's deal with them shrewdly or they'll increase. And if the war comes, they won't be on our side. And some of you have seen that Disney movie where there's a grasshopper who says essentially the same thing. <laughs> well, the 11th verse we read shows King Fearful Pharaoh's tactics. He put taskmasters over and made them work hard with forced labor. And that fixed it, right? Well, no, it didn't. Hard labor wore them down and wore them out, right? No, it didn't. Verse 12 says, the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread them. They were really worried. So the, they got more ruthless and imposing tasks. They made their lives bitter with hard service. And that was the end of that, right? Well, no, it wasn't. Fearful Pharaoh came up with a gruesome population control plan to subdue the Israelites, commanding them, those midwives, to kill the boys. But let the girls live. And that's where you meet those first two heroes of the story, the midwives, Shipra and Pua. They had more respect for God than for they did for <coughs> fearful Pharaoh because they did not do what he commanded them to do. They let those baby boys live. Well, you know that got them hauled in to answer the king, you're in trouble now. Why have you done this and allowed these boys to live? Well, they knew two things, Shipper and Pua did. First, they knew they didn't get in the midwife profession to kill babies. That was not what they were gonna do. And the second thing is they, they knew they wanted to keep on living. <laughs> so they did what a person, a reasonable person might do in that situation. They lied, <laughs> or may have exaggerated, saying to Pharaoh, well, these Hebrew women, they not like the Egyptian women. They're vigorous and they, they give birth before we can even get there. Well, one of the births I attended, we won't say who, but the, the nurse told the doctor, if you're going to be here when this baby's born, you better get here. <laughs> so that does that, it does actually happen sometimes. But So he commanded the whole country. They wouldn't do his dirty work. He commanded the whole country. Every boy born to the heroes, throw them into the Nile River. But let the girls live. Well, then our story focuses on the next hero. A woman conceived and bore a son, and she saw that he was a fine baby. So she hides him for three months, and the third hero in the story is, of course, Moses' mama. And we don't learn her name in this chapter, but later on we learn in the sixth chapter of Exodus, her name was Jochebed. She loved her baby boy, so she hid him to protect him from that wicked command of fearful Pharaoh. But you know, anybody raised a child know babies cry. And as they grow, their voices get stronger and stronger. 
she knew she couldn't hide him forever. So she hatches this desperate plan that introduces us to the next hero in the story, daughter Miriam. They waterproof that basket that was big enough to hold the baby boy and they, they put him in it and put it on the reeds of the bank. Now, I have to tell you, and I've seen artistic renditions of this, they have him floating down the river like he's on a canoe or something, but, but this doesn't say that. It says he was in the reeds. You know, over there where the snakes and the leeches and all those other <laughs> things you don't want to even think about. Or... She took a big risk. But it was under the watchful eye of that other hero, Big Sister Miriam. And then we meet the fifth unlikely hero of the story. The unnamed daughter of fearful Pharaoh. She comes down to the river to bathe and she spies that basket and she hears the baby crying. She gets it brought to her. And when she sees the child, he's crying. And she took pity on him. She knows that she's found one of those babies that her daddy has sentenced to drown in that Nile River. But she said, you know, she recognized this must be one of the Hebrews' children. And that's when the heroic big sister steps up. Shall I go and get you a nurse from among the Hebrew women? And thank goodness she said yes. So she goes and calls the child's mother and the Pharaoh's daughter says, take the child and nurse it for me and I'll give you, I'll, give, I'll pay you, I'll give you wages. She takes the child and nurses it and when it grows up, she, she brings it to Pharaoh's daughter. And she took him as her son. You could say Moses had two mamas, couldn't you? <coughs> Names him Moses because I drew him out of the water. Well, when we read stories or see movies, you know, we often tend to identify with one or more of the characters. Sometimes we say, oh, I've been in a situation like that. We might see ourselves as similar and some salient way to a particular character in the story. We may aspire to be like a, one of the characters in the story, especially if he's strong and heroic or she's powerful and overcoming obstacles. Well, that's true when we read Bible stories too. And it's oh so tempting to see ourselves as, I'm one of the heroes of this story. Well. We want to see ourselves as the person who would act with courage, the person who did the brave thing, the person who did the right thing, the person who, despite overwhelming odds, overcame to save the day, to be the hero. So let me ask you some questions. Are you as brave and compassionate as the five heroes in this story? When the king or some powerful person in charge commands you to do something that you know to be wrong, are you ready to disobey like Shepra and Pua? Are you ready like the midwives, Shepra and Pua, to, to see people who are from a different place, to see them as human beings, children of God, just like we are? Are you as clever and loving as that mama Jacobet, who protected her child from Pharaoh's deadly fear of foreign baby boys.
Could you be as powerless and as vulnerable as little Miriam, who dared to approach the powerful daughter of Pharaoh? Would you risk your own life to save your baby brother? Could you, like Mama Jacobin, raise your son and then turn him over to the daughter of the very man oppressing your people for her to claim him as her son so that he could live? Could you see a, could you see a child of another race of an oppressed people and defy your powerful father and his ruthless allies like the princess did to take pity on a foreign baby and to go along with mama and sister's clever plan. Let me put it another way. If fearful Pharaoh was your daddy, would you risk your life of luxury? Would you risk your very life to defy him? Well, nobody in our, the right mind wants to identify with the unnamed Pharaoh, even though I got put in that role today. <laughs> but if we're honest, we have to admit that sometimes we do make bad decisions based on our fears. Sometimes it's a fear of, not of strangers, but a, we, we're afraid to fail. We're afraid somebody's going to laugh at us or fuss at us. So we don't speak up when some wrong is being done. That came up in Senate hearings this very week where someone didn't speak up even though they thought something was wrong. Sometimes it's a matter of we, our fear is based on doubt. We doubt our skills. We underestimate the power of one person speaking up. So we keep our heads down and we wait for somebody else to say something. These five women who saved a nation, they did not know, they could not know how important to history their actions would be. Now, with our advantage of knowing the rest of the story, it's real easy for us to say, oh, sure, I'd save little Moses. Yeah, you bet. But remember, they had no idea. They did not know how God would use this little baby crying in a basket in the bulrushes. They didn't know he was going to influence history. They just knew it was the right thing to do, and they did it. So may God grant us wisdom to discern decisive moments like that in our lives and give us the values that enable us to know what's the right thing to do. May God grant us the courage and strength to do what is right and may God save us from fearful and awful decisions based on fear. Thanks be to God. Again, I want to thank all the women who have helped lead in worship today. You share your gifts generously all year long, but it's really nice to see you do that in this special way on this Mother's Day as we celebrate God's gifts to women. So go out into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Return no one evil for evil. Use your gifts to support the weak, help the suffering, honor all people. Rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen.